please give us the guidance that you want us to have today. Awaken our hearts. Awaken our minds. So that your will can be done here on earth through us for you.
Stones, greet your brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you. You're crazy. Hello. Okay, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Yeah, excited to be in the house of the Lord today. I am. Well, my name is AJ. And I'm Sarah. How are you guys doing? Good? Good. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Online Church, for joining us. Let's, uh, you guys, let's just come forward. I'm going to share a verse with uh, you, you, our uh, congregation right now. So uh, it's going to be Luke 12.33. And it is, sell, sell your possessions and give those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the persons of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal and no moth can destroy it, right? And so in the Old Testament, it talks about giving a tenth, right? A tenth of your first fruits. In the New Testament, it tells you something else. It tells you give it all and follow Jesus, right? So... It's not about what the church could do with your money. It's about what your heart and your, your time with Jesus could do with the money and with your time and with your giving in his house, right? So let's bow our heads. I have a little prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus, for uh, delivering us from our sins, Lord. Thank you for giving us the ability to give fully to you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides in this building, Lord, resides in each one of us, Lord. I pray that you take what we do and multiply it this season, Lord. Thank you for 
today, and thank you every 10 minutes that we get to breathe and do your will, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so if this is your first time, we are so excited to have you. I feel like this sounds very weird, so I apologize if I'm like shouting in your faces. Okay, um, so if you are a first-time guest, um, we are so excited to have you. There is a connection card in the back, and our wonderful Miss Michelle is working back there, and she would love to get connected with you, um, and we have a fun gift to give to you as well. Um, if you are on social media, we encourage you to follow us. We have um, an amazing social media presence that is on there and just gives us encouraging words um, every day, multiple times a day. So we are so grateful for that. There is a lot of stuff going on this week. There's a lot. A lot a of lot, stuff. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, do we have any youth in here? They're all hiding. Youth. Oh, Woo! youth. Youth in the back. We got some youth in the back. I feel youthful. Um, so... We have all of those presents. We have 97 bags of what? gifts for nice. TCF. Nice job. That is absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, thank you to everybody that showed up. And um, there. Oh, I was like, no, I'm not talking at all. Um, for blessing those kids and the staff down at TCM. So our garage is completely like full. 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 Like in our houses too, but we won't talk about that. Okay. Um, so... At youth, at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, we are going to be wrapping all of those presents. Yeah. That is a lot of presents to wrap. So if your heart is in wrapping presents, you can talk, contact Mama Jen, and she will give you all of that information. Um, bring scissors and tape, all the good stuff. Um, where are my ladies at? Woo-woo! <laughs> oh, we got oh, one Adam's dancing in the back. <laughs> Way to go, Adam. <laughs> He's okay. our men's leader. What's going on? He's our men's leader. He's excited for the women to be poured into. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so we have our favorite things party coming up on Thursday, and that's going to be at Tanya's house. Yeah. And so um, that is going to be at 630. All of the information is in the church center app. Um, it's super fun. You get to bring three of your favorite items. Like you buy, not like from your house, like you take it, you like buy three items. You're intentional with the three items you buy. And then, um, those get to go to different people. And then you get to go home with three of other people's favorite items, not three of the same ones, but three different ones. But anyhow, so there's food and, um, presents to be exchanged. It's a potluck. All of the information is in the church center app. We do need an RSVP so that way we can know how many people to expect. Don't forget about the tacos and tamales though. I'm sorry. That's not at sisterhood. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, I'm just going to move him back here. Okay, um, so next up, we are, okay, um, so you can go ahead. Okay. I was impatient. He was stealing sisterhood's thunder. Yeah, go to sisterhood. It's fun. It's like one of the funnest nights of the year. Okay. So we have a volunteer Christmas party this Saturday. What should I wear? Friday at 4 p.m., right? No. What's Saturday? It's Saturday. Oh, yeah. it's Friday here. It's Saturday. a typo. It's Saturday okay. at 4 p.m. this weekend, right? And so you should wear, it's an ugly sweater Christmas party. So ugly sweater. Wear your right? ugly sweater, yep. And, and even if you don't volunteer, come and get connected so you can volunteer. And we're going to have... Uh, that's where the tacos and tamales will be. We're going to have tacos and tamales, so come on out. It's going to be good. I was so excited about tacos tamales, I could just jump right ahead. I saw tacos, tamales, and I wanted, yeah. wanted to do it And right you wanted now. to be a lady to eat the tacos and tamales because you thought it was at sister. <laughs> well, I saw Adam but. dancing, so I was like, okay. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that is at 4 p.m. on Saturday at Pastor Keith and Miss Heather's house. Yeah. So make sure that you RSVP again. We want to make sure that we have tacos and tamales for everybody. So please make sure that you do that. 
Why don't you go ahead and talk about this? Oh, yeah. It's men's Saturday. Tacos and tamale. Oh. No, I'm joking. Well, not, There's not, not. We're not doing men's breakfast this weekend because they're doing, at the Slave Free Project, or Slave Free Ranch, we're doing a, a kind of like, um, it's a race, kind of like Spartan CrossFit. race, but CrossFit race uh, around the ranch itself, which is like one mile. And so I don't know how many miles we're going to be doing, but they need volunteers. So if men, if you went to Saturday breakfast or women, come out and volunteer. Get with Pastor Keith, and he'll let you know the information about that Saturday. But they do need help and volunteers. If you want to go out there and try it, ask him information about that too, because it's going to be fun. Supports I can serve cause. some mean food. I can't cook mean food, but I can serve it really good. But I'm like, I do not run. Like, no. Like, if you see me running, you know that the world is about to end. And that is literally the only way true that I will story, run. True story. True story. You should be true. scared and start running. What? Yeah. I used to run back in the old days. I didn't. Okay. Sorry, we're distracting. Okay, um, so Loved Christmas Service is coming Sunday, December 19th yeah. at 10 a.m., and it's the perfect time to invite um, your family and your friends, and we have a wonderful message, and then we have, like, a fun after Christmas, and Santa might be there. I don't know. And we have a Christmas Eve service, Friday, yep. December 24th at 2 p.m. Ella's kids will be forming Noel, so come. Yeah, it's going to be fun on Christmas Eve. First time ever. Yeah. And then um, raise your hand if you've heard us talk about Rooted. Has anybody actually participated in Rooted? A couple people have. Okay, so if you've participated, you know how amazing it is. And for all of us that have not participated, I have heard absolutely phenomenal things about how amazing it is. So that is starting in January. It's a group Bible study, and it's the perfect way to get connected, make new friends, and go deeper into the Word. Sign up started, I think, two weeks ago. Um, but you can get signed up in the Church Center app. We love being connected. Get involved and be part of a group or a team. And you can find all this and more at your Church Center app. And then you'll notice today we do not have um, Pastor Justin and Pastor Chelsea here today. They are actually up north moving um, Pastor Chelsea's parents down to California. So we are super excited to have um, Sunny and Joe join us living here in Menifee. So um, they are not here today, but we have an amazing pastor Pastor that is coming up to speak. I don't know where he is. I feel like he's going to jump out from somewhere. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Hashtag blessed. Put your hands together for Pastor Keith. Yeah. Woo. Am I on, Brad? Oh, I am. Oh, what a trip. Graceful. That's today's message, graceful. No, it's not. Uh, good morning. How are you, church? Oh, that was pretty good, but are you guys a little more awake? I wonder if I can get a yell from the online guys. Maybe not so much. Oh, so we're so glad you guys are here. And before we start... Um, Listen to that last song that Casey, you guys did, and uh, you know what it said? It said, um, death has been overcome, and let there be a revival, because death has been overcome. That's cool. That's, that's not part of the message, but God, I was just overwhelmed by that thought, because there's so many people, Casey, out there that need revival because they don't know Jesus, and we need to bring them Jesus because death is overcome and bondage is overcome in their lives. And that might tie in, but I'm, that was awesome. So today, Pastor Justin's not here. Guys, got to listen to me. Mm, We'll see if I uh, get a little bit yelly and walk around a little bit, but we'll see. So today, we're going to be in Matthew 14, and we're going to talk about this guy named Peter. And we're going to take a journey with him 
And most of you guys know Peter. Hopefully some of you guys can relate to Peter. I relate to Peter really well. Peter was a, Peter was a fiery guy. He was a passionate guy. He was a big, dumb knucklehead sometimes. Often put his foot in his mouth. But in all those things, Peter was a guy that God used in a pretty mighty and amazing way. And today I want to go through and take this journey because we see a Peter that was called by Jesus to follow him. And after Jesus died, we see a very different man that was changed and transformed by the time he spent with Jesus. And there was a moment that we're all going to know, and you guys are going to know where we're going because the title of this message is called Get Out of the Boat. Because there was a time where Jesus asked Peter to get out of the boat. And he asks us to get out of our boat. And how many of us want to be like Peter and get out of the boat? I think we do, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go first to John, uh, Matthew 14, 22 through 26. And before we read those scriptures, we've kind of got a little, a little set up here. Because in this scripture, Peter, or the disciples have been with Jesus. And he had just finished feeding 5,000. And this was the time where all these people were gathered to listen to Jesus. And the disciples started to get worried about, and they, I would even use the word fear, what are we going to do? We don't have enough food to feed these people. And the disciples told him, I believe it was even Peter told him, send the people away so they can go eat. And Jesus said no. And he had compassion on them, and he fed them, and he fed 5,000. And it's a pretty amazing story, and we all know that, right? And then Jesus wanted to spend some time alone with God. So we're going we're gonna to look at Matthew 14, 20 through 26. Let me find it. So it says, Scripture says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted the disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. And night was there, night fell while he was there alone. And, you know, the first thing that I love about this Scripture even though we haven't finished that portion yet, is that Jesus was intentional about making time to be alone with his Father. He was so intentional about taking time to be alone with his Father. In this case, he sent the disciples on ahead, and he said, I'm going to go spend some time with with my Father. And this isn't even part of the message, guys, but how intentional are we about saying we have to spend time with our Father? And if we're not, we should be, because we need that time with him. But we're going to pick it up. Um, let's see. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. They're in the middle of the lake. Strong winds had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. So you imagine, I imagine when Jesus sent them along ahead, it was in the evening, late in the evening. But they'd probably been on the lake, I don't know, maybe it was 6 or 7 o'clock. So they'd been on the lake for hours, and they're fighting the wind, and they're fighting the waves. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And they're in this little boat, and the waves and the wind are battering them. And Scripture says that Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the, G- when the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified with fear, and they cried out, it is a ghost. And what I see and what amazes me in this is they had just been with Jesus. And there was fear in their minds. And one of the themes today is fear, because we let fear creep in. There was fear in their minds about how to feed these people. And they watched Jesus feed 5,000. And we fast forward just a few hours, and they're on a boat. And the waves 
and the wind are battering them, and maybe they didn't recognize him, but they see Jesus walking on the water, and what's their first reaction? Is fear. And so many times, what is our first reaction? Is fear. And why are we afraid? We're afraid because, I think honestly we're afraid because we don't trust Jesus and we don't see him, we're looking at other things. But when our first reaction was fear, how is it that these men that had just hours earlier had spent time watching him feed 5,000, doing the absolute impossible, and here he was again doing the impossible, and again they were afraid. So ask ourselves, how often is fear our first reaction? And what are we fearful of? And the, thing that God's, the things that God asks us to do, why are we afraid of those things? So we're going to be quick and get to our first point right away. And most of the time, our culture and what we're taught is to run from fear and to run from danger. So the first point, for those who are taking notes, is I will feel the fear. When we see fear, we run towards it or we run away from it. I challenge you guys feel the fear and when we're afraid when God asks us to do something we run towards it we don't run away from our fear we run right at it and um, AJ probably knows this but I, I have a little story based on this and this some will make you guys laugh but about five years ago I was in Estonia and I was at a sailing camp and it's, it's very similar to this we had um, about 80 kids at a sailing camp and there was a, a, a decent-sized sailing boat that was in a different part of the lake. And they looked for some volunteers. So I went with a friend of mine, Coit, and two other men. And we drove to the other side of the lake. And this is the second biggest lake in Estonia. And it's, I don't know how big it is, but it's pretty big. It's, it's several miles across. And when we left, it was an absolutely beautiful day. And we got on the boat, and the driver left us. And we're probably about halfway across the lake. And just like this... Uh, the, the wind and the weather in Estonia changed on a dime. And it changed on a dime. And we were, and this is a true story, we were being blown out. We actually had to take down the sail because the, the wind and the sail was tipping the boat completely sideways. And we were literally taking on water. And I found myself afraid. Now, you guys will laugh at this because what am I afraid of? Well, maybe I'm afraid of drowning, but American with first world problems, what am I afraid of? I've got my cell phone in my pocket. I've got things like that. I'm afraid of losing that, right? But this went on for a while, and we actually had to anchor the boat and wait for a motorboat to come rescue us. But I found myself being afraid. And they got us off the boat, and we went back. And what I didn't know at the time, because I was afraid of, what, getting in the water, drowning. I like to say that there's sharks and stuff in this water, but there's not. But what I found out later is this lake that's about three or four miles wide, its deepest point is maybe six feet. Maybe. Most of it is five, five and a half feet. I could stand up in it. And this is a true, <laughs> this is a true story. But what was I driven by? I was driven by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of not understanding. Because I didn't see the whole picture. And that, that, that moment taught me a valuable lesson about not being afraid because I was afraid of something that couldn't possibly hurt me. I was afraid 
of a boat going over and us capsizing and sinking in water that I could stand up in. And how often do we spiritually, how often do we in life walk around afraid of something that can't even hurt us? Especially when it comes to other people, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to the things of this world that we're afraid of, and we realize the book tells us they can't hurt us. They absolutely can't hurt us. The enemy has no place and he can't hurt us. God's promises are true, and when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, and he's going to protect us, and they can't hurt us. And I just love that story because aside from the humor in it, the bare truth is that I let myself be afraid, and there was absolutely no reason to be afraid. And that moment taught me not to run away from our fear, but to run to my fear. Because our fear can be conquered, and it's conquered in Jesus. So that's just, and it's amazing to me because the journey we're going to take with Peter and the journey we're going to take with myself says, even though that moment happened, did I, did I walk in fear again in the future? Yes, I did. So we're going to go right on to Matthew 27 and 28. And this is where um, Jesus said, he spoke to them and he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. And of course, Peter said what? Peter called him and said, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to walk to you on the water. And Jesus said, yes, come. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever had this moment, but I imagine this Peter in this moment. And Peter's kind of a hothead. And I think sometimes Peter does things to be spiritual and be seen. And the moment that Jesus said, yeah, Peter, go ahead and come, I wonder if Peter was thinking, oh, crap. Oh, no. I didn't think he'd really tell me to. Now i got to do this. And that's what I imagine, because sometimes with God, don't we say, God, I want to do that, and I want to go, and I want to be a part of this. And he says, yeah, come. This is what's going to be required of you. And we're like, oh, no. That's not what I meant. How often do we pray for God to do something in our life? And he does it a little bit. We have this image in our mind of how that's going to look. And he does it a little bit different, and we're like, oh, yeah, no, that's not what I meant. I would do it this way, but I'm not going to do it that way. And I imagine Peter had this moment where he's thinking, crap, what do I do now? But Peter, being that fiery, prideful guy, went ahead and got out of the boat anyway. And um, what we see is, let me read it. He said, yes, come. And it says, Peter went to the side of the boat and got out and walked on water towards Jesus. But I imagine, again, now that Peter's having that kind of that, oh, crap moment, and yes, I said crap in church, I imagine Peter walking up to the edge of the boat. And do you think he just walked out there? Would you guys just walk out there? I think maybe he did kind of this, and uh, 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 and, and he's standing there, and, and then he's, uh, that's what I imagine. Imagine Peter kind of stepping out but being super tentative and looking around a little bit and thinking, what's going to happen here? But the point is, Peter did get out of the boat. And you guys are going to think I'm going super fast, but the, the second point for the note takers is I will step out of the boat. Because when we run from our fear, we don't step out of the boat. When we run from our fear, we don't go the places that God wants us to go. When we, when we run from our fear, we don't step out and join a cert team and go to, go to places that we thought we would never go. And I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at AJ. When we, when, we, when, we, when we are bound by our fear, we don't say yes to Jesus. 
and we just want to say yes to Jesus. Who wants to say yes to Jesus? I want to say yes to Jesus. When we're bound by our fear and think that we don't belong up on a stage preaching, we got to step out of the boat and say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus, whatever that looks like. So Peter stepped out of the boat. And what it says is he walked on water, but I still imagine he had that oh crap moment. And we have a lot of those oh what am I doing moments. God, what is happening? What, what, what is happening here? But he did it. And he walked towards Jesus. And can you imagine those first few steps? It'd be scary. It would be amazing. It'd be tentative. You'd be like woohoo and any minute, what are we waiting for to happen? That's, that's what I imagine in Peter's mind. And I, I, sometimes I wish scripture told us what Peter or some of the disciples were thinking. But I always wondered what, what went through his mind. But what did Jesus do? Or what did Peter do? Peter got out and he walked on water. And we think that's pretty amazing. And we think we, think we don't see things like that today. But I can guarantee if we say yes to Jesus, he'll have us walking on water. And that looks like different things. And that's actually the third point. And you guys are going, wait a minute, it's been like eight minutes. But I will, the third point is I will walk on water with Jesus. But to walk on water with Jesus, we have to face our fear and run to it. And we have to get out of the boat. And with three points, you guys are thinking, this is good. We're going to be done soon. Lunch, all this stuff. But we know there's a lot more to this story, right? We all know that Peter got distracted by the wind and the waves. We all know that Peter started to sink, and Jesus had to rescue him. And we even think that's the end of this story with Peter. But there's so much more to this story with Peter. Because Peter was, Peter was a man that did a lot of incredible things, and he did a lot of dumb things. Um, and Peter was the man that went to the mountain when Jesus was transfigured and stood there, and when he saw Jesus transfigured and he saw the prophets on the mountain with Jesus, what did Peter do? We should build a temple. We should build an altar. We should build shelters for them. And Jesus looked at him. I imagine Jesus looked at him and thought, Peter, you don't get it yet. And then when Jesus was arrested, Peter was the man that was with Jesus that was so fire and passionate about defending his Lord that what did he do? He cut off the servant's ear. And I imagine again that Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you still don't get it. You still don't get it. And Peter was also with Jesus Right before he was arrested and crucified, he went to him with, to pray. And Peter was one of the men that as Jesus went off to pray, and he said, stay, pray with me. And Peter couldn't even stay awake a single hour because he fell asleep. And again, I imagine that Jesus thought, Peter, you don't get it yet. But the good news is Peter's going to get it. Peter's going to get it because Peter is the same man that also, as Jesus was arrested and being tried, and he had told him that this was going to happen, Peter was the man that when one of the servant girls in the courtyard asked, weren't you with him? Peter said, 
I know who you're talking about. I don't know him. And that happened once, that happened twice, that happened three times. And I imagine the moment that Peter's eyes locked with Jesus after he denied him. And scripture says that Peter, after this moment, went out and wept. But I imagine that's the moment that Peter got it. That's the moment after spending three years with Jesus that he was transformed and changed. And as he met, excuse me, as he met and locked eyes with his Savior, that is the moment he got it. And that is the moment he understood. Because scripture tells us when he was walking on water that he was looking at Jesus, but then he started looking around. And he was no longer looking at Jesus' eyes. And then there's this journey of all these things that Peter did and all these mistakes that he made and all these times he put his foot in his mouth and all these times he was kind of a big dumb jerk. And then he met Jesus' eyes again. And I believe that's the moment that Peter got it. And it changed him and it transformed him. He became a different person. And I see in myself, and Heather even asked me last night, do I get a preview? And I told her I wasn't going to give a preview because it gets a little bit personal. But I see so much of myself in Peter because God's taken me on a journey and so many times I didn't get it. And so many times I've heard those words get out of the boat. And it was about 2015, I believe. And I was getting ready to take my first mission team over to Estonia. And I remember it clears a bell. We were leaving on a Tuesday. And I'm at work and I'm going on PTO. And on a Monday, my boss is in town, and she calls me into my office. And she's sitting there with HR. And I thought, I know what this is. And that was my pink slip. That was my layoff from a good job. And as I left, I called my wife, and I told her what happened. But what was running through my mind is, I'm supposed to leave tomorrow to take this team. How can I do that? when I don't have a job and I don't even know what I'm coming back to. And the words the Holy Spirit spoke in that moment was, do you trust me? Get out of the boat. And we went, and we did that trip. And that was an incredible, amazing trip, and it really launched us as a church into missions. And then as I came back, you know, reality sets in, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what about, what about job, what about this, all the practical stuff. The things that took um, Peter's eyes off of Jesus were all those practical things when he was walking on water. And I would say in that moment, I got to walk on water with Jesus on that trip, and then I came back, and all the practical things. And then what the Holy Spirit said is it's time to start a business. Because that job and that corporate life and that, I'll be honest, guys, I love telling the truth. Justin loves telling the truth. I used to make 172 grand a year. I didn't think about money, didn't worry about money. And what the Holy Spirit told me is, that's not for you anymore. That season of your life is done. You're not going back to that. Because I thought to myself, well, I'll come back on market. I'll just get another job, piece of cake. And months went by and nothing. And the Holy Spirit said, no, that's not what you're doing anymore. And I often think, if you guys know the scripture, I didn't, I didn't put it on the slides, but if you know the scripture, there's a, there's a scripture where Paul wanted to go on missionary journeys. And scripture says that the Holy Spirit prevented him. And I always wondered what that meant. Always wondered what that meant. And in that moment, I learned what that meant because the Holy Spirit said, no, that's not for you. And he closed every single door. And he said, start this business. And again, I'm thinking, 
guys who know me, I'm an IT guy. And I get in the work, and I do cabling, and I do wiring, and I do all that stuff. I don't run a business. And he just said, do you trust me? Because it was another boat I had to get out of. So we did it. And then when that business wasn't going well, like Peter, when he cut off the servants here, so many times we take things into our own hands, and I went back to what I knew. And you're going to find out Peter went back to what he knew in this story, but I went back to what I knew. And for years when I was young, I managed McDonald's. So at 40, how old was I? 40 some odd years old, 43 years old, I found myself making French fries at McDonald's. Seriously. And I thought to myself, God, really, this is it? But it was what I knew. But the Holy Spirit didn't help me go back there. I went back there. And I did my own thing. And I was miserable because I did my own thing. And I remember the night. I'm sitting there because when you start at McDonald's and when you work at McDonald's and I'm 42 years old, you know where they start you at fast food? Making French fries. Haley's laughing. That's where you start, making French fries. It's bad enough when you're 16 or 17, but when you're in your 40s, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I proved myself and I ended up being the graveyard manager there. But I was still miserable. And I remember the night I was driving home, morning I was driving home, and it was probably 8 or 9 in the morning after working a long shift and I'm miserable. And the Holy Spirit got my attention and said, you haven't been listening. Time to get out of the boat again. You need to quit. You need to go tomorrow and you need to quit. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I hate this, but this is the only income we have. This is the only way we're paying our bills and we're barely doing it. Only way. And the Holy Spirit said, time to quit. And I told him no. And you know the response I got? Do you trust me? You just don't get it yet. Do you trust me? It's time to get out of the boat. So I went back the next day, and I did that. And started to work more on the business. And it started to thrive a little bit, but not as much as I wanted. And I was worried, and I was scared, and I was afraid, and, and there was fear. And then I remember, and this is a plug for Awana, because Awanas are incredible programs. I remember the night that I was at Awana, and I was teaching. And that lesson that night was about Abraham and Sarah. When God said, you need to pack up, you need to move, and you need to go. And you'll notice in that story, he doesn't tell them, oh, go move over here, go move over here, take this job, take that job. He says, get up, pack up, and go. And he says to the land, I will show you. Because he didn't want them going where they knew. He wanted them going where he was taking them, and he was testing their faith. I believe he was testing their faith. And what did Sarah, Sarah and Abraham do? He said, they, they packed up and went. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. And he told me, it's time to sell the house. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to tell my wife that we're selling our house, and we have no idea where we're going. That's crazy. And I remember driving home, and I argued with him again. I said, no. And he said, you still don't get it. And if anybody's a movie buff, I probably shouldn't admit this to everybody, if anybody's a movie buff, I like the, the, the Bad Boys movies. And if you've ever watched the Bad Boys movies, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have this back and forth. And there's this one point where Will Smith does something, and Martin Lawrence is there, and he goes, boy, you just don't get it. 
And I imagine that's what God and the Holy Spirit was doing with me. We still don't get it. Because I thought to myself, how am I going to go home and tell my wife, we're selling the house and we're moving, and I have no idea where we're going. I have no idea what we're going to do. But in God's faithfulness, I went home and I had that discussion. And what do you imagine she said? Because sometimes we think the Holy Spirit's just talking to us and not talking to everybody else. And I was afraid. I was afraid to have this conversation with my wife and her reaction. And you know what her response was when I said, we got to sell the house, I don't know where we're going yet? She says, I know. Her response was, I know. Because he'd been working in me, but he'd been working in her too. But I didn't seem to get it over and over and over again. And I see myself just like Peter, over and over and over again. God's saying, do you trust me? It's time to get out of the boat. And you don't get it. It's time to get out of the boat. And I think about that journey. And then three years ago, I got this, uh, got this request to take this pastor role and take this title and start doing this thing. And I'm like, yeah, Heather knows my reaction. No. Nope. Don't want to do that. That's not me. Nope. And again, the Holy Spirit said, you, do you trust me? It's time to get out of the boat. Because I kept, get, I kept, the boats were different, but I kept getting in and staying in the boat. And I didn't want to get out of the boat. And I didn't want to go anywhere. Because the boats we get ourselves in are comfortable, right? Sometimes we're comfortable even in our own misery. Sometimes we're comfortable in our known versus the discomfort of the unknown. And we stay in places that are bad for us, that we don't want to be. We don't say yes to Jesus. We don't go where he wants to go because we're comfortable. We may be miserable, but we're comfortable. And I see in my life, in this journey, and this is about probably a seven-year journey now, I swear, everything that was written about Peter, I swear was written about me. And I swear it's me. Because I can be fiery and I can be passionate. And my wife knows when I go do something, I'm all in. I'm the guy that goes into the pool with my shoes on, wallet, cell phone, everything, all in. Just like Peter. Sometimes not thinking and sometimes not being real smart about it. But there were so many times where I just didn't get it. And I just didn't go, and I just didn't say yes, because I was afraid to get out of that boat. And when I did, sometimes it was that tentative step on the water. Because I wanted the assurance, and I wanted to know what God was doing. If I were Abraham, when he said, go to the land I will show you, I'd have said, God, where am I going? Can't get in the car until I know where you tell me to go. So often that's not what God does. So often God doesn't say, here. He says, I want you to go. I'm going to show you, but right now I want you to go. I want you to get out of the boat, and I want you to go. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to face that fear and just do. And sometimes our biggest fear and our biggest struggle, my biggest fear and struggle, is not knowing. I call Adam out. I think of Adam. Adam's on a new venture, right? That's probably a little bit hard, because you don't know what's going to happen. But so often God shows us, and I respect Adam, so often, God, what God asks us to do is he says, go and do. I'm not going to show you the whole story, and I'm not going to show you the whole picture. But I need you to go, and I need you to do it. And are we willing to go and do that? Are we willing to go and do that? Um, 
And then, I, I don't know the length of time, guys, but, but this is the journey I went through. But then there was this time where Peter and the disciples, and we're going to jump over to John 21, where Peter and the disciples, Jesus, Jesus was gone. He was dead. He was in a grave. And they were discouraged, and they were tired. And just like I did, they went back to what they knew. And in John 21, and we're going to start around verse 7, but the verses before that tell us that Peter and some of the other disciples, they went back to fishing. They didn't know what else to do, so they went back to what they knew, and they went back to where they were comfortable. And as I see it, they got back in that boat that Jesus had called Peter out of. And God, we don't want to get back in that boat. We never want to get back in that boat. But the story tells us that they were there, and they had been fishing all night, and they had caught nothing. And they were tired, and they were discouraged. They were weary. The last three years of their life, and I imagine we feel this way sometimes, I know. They, the last three years of their life, they wondered, what was it for? All they'd said, all they'd done, all they'd done with Jesus seemed like it was worthless and it was pointless. All these journeys taken on, all these miracles they'd seen. And Jesus was gone. And they went back to what they knew. And how often do we go back to what we know? I go back to what I know. It's comfortable, it's known, it's safe. It's miserable. Like it, we know better, but we go back to what we know and we do it. So I'm going to read you something, and, I, and I'm actually going to start a little bit before the notes here. But in, in John 21, um, we're going to look at verse 7 through 9. Um, but in John 21, um, it says that at dawn Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was, and he called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? They replied, No. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. And again, we see God's faithfulness. And again, we see Jesus come through and say, if you just trust me, if you just say yes to Jesus and what I ask, I'm going to do. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he took off his tunic, or he put on his tunic, because it said he'd taken off his tunic and stuff for work. He put on his tunic, he jumped in the water, and he headed to shore. The other stayed in the boat and pulled the, load, the loaded net to the shore, for there were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. And how beautiful, before we talk about Peter, how beautiful is that story that Jesus just said, go say yes to me. And when you come to me, imagine he had breakfast for them. He warmed them. He welcomed them. But what I really want to focus on here is Peter. Peter, this man that tentatively got out of the boat the first time. Peter, this man that over and over and over didn't get it over and over didn't seem to understand Jesus, that over and over had to get out of his boat. There was a moment of transformation. And when Peter heard, get this, guys, when Peter heard that it was Jesus at the shore, what did he do? He wasn't tentative. He could not wait to get out of that boat. I imagine Peter, and I'm looking at Rob Robert for a minute, doing what we would do, right? Jumping into that water, 
clothes, cell phone, shoes, everything. I imagine his arms flailing, swimming to shore as fast as he possibly could because he was no longer afraid of saying yes to Jesus. He was no longer afraid of what Jesus had for him. He was no longer afraid of what was, what was in store. He was no longer afraid of the unknown. All he knew is it was Jesus, and I want to say yes, and I want to get to him as fast as possible. And I don't know about you guys, but that's the Peter I want to be. That's who I want to be. I want to be that guy that says, when Jesus says, come do this, that I can't wait to get there. I get there as fast as possible. I'm out of the boat and in the water and going. Because I don't want to miss what Jesus has. And he doesn't want us to miss what he has. So imagine just for a minute the boat that you're in. And we're all in boats, right? I'm not going to call anybody out. But imagine the boat you're in. Imagine the thing that Jesus is asking you to walk away from. Imagine the boat he's asking you to get out of. Imagine the thing that's holding you back and constraining you. Whatever that is, you want to be the Peter that's thinking, oh, crap, I don't know if I want to do this after all. Do you want to be the Peter that kind of tentatively steps out in the boat, but instead of looking at Jesus, keep, instead of focusing on Jesus' eyes, start looking at the things around us in the circumstance and sinking? Or do you want to be the Peter that doesn't care and with abandon jumps out of that boat and goes to shore, and there's nothing going to stop him? I imagine the other disciples are looking at him like, uh, what just happened? Because I imagine Peter was gone. I imagine, in, in my funny little brain, I imagine it's like that little, uh, the, the Wiley Coyote cartoon thing where there's just this cloud of dust and streaks and Peter's gone. Because that's how badly he wanted to say yes to Jesus. That's how badly he wanted to be with his Savior. That's how unafraid he was. And I believe it's because of all that time he spent with Jesus, of all the things he'd seen, of all the things that Jesus done, but I believe, again, it was that moment where Peter learned to lock eyes with Jesus after he denied him and never look away. And we spend a lot of time looking at Jesus, and then we spend a lot of time looking away. I know for a long time, guys, we talk about quiet time and spending time with Jesus. And I know for a long time, my idea in my head was, we go, and you've got to have your quiet time in the morning. You've got to check that box. And you've got to pray, and you've got to read your Bible. And we go into that little area. We go into this little square Jesus. And we spend time with him, and we're good, we're recharged, right? But then I've got work, and I've got this, and I've got to two lists, and I've got to meet with this person, that person. And Jesus is here in this box, and we step out of that box, and we say, okay, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And we put Jesus on hold, and we even get in this box, and we say, this is my list today, Jesus. Please bless me in all these things I'm going to do. We ask Jesus to go along with us where he wants or where we want to go. And we step out of the box and we go do it. And I believe what Jesus would have us do is get out of that boat, jump into that water and swim to shore as best we can because we need to not go and we need to not ask Jesus to go along with us. But we need to go where Jesus is taking us. And that can be challenging, right? Because we think, well, I've got work, and I've got this, and I've got, and I've got all this to-do list, and I've got these things I've got to get done today, and I've got these things I've got to get done this week. But do we trust Jesus enough to say, Jesus, where do you want me to go today, and what do you want me to do? And what if he asks us to do something that's not on our list? What if we're driving on the freeway, and we have just enough time to get to work five minutes early, and 
that car on the side of the road that needs help. And Jesus says, I want you to get out of the boat, and I want you to stop. And our first reaction is, is fear. Well, I can't be late to work. I don't want to get penalized. I don't want this. I don't want that. So Jesus, no, you've got to come with me. I'm not gonna, I, I can't go with you. And do we trust Jesus enough to say, I'm going to do, and I'm going to say yes to you, and I'm not going to worry about that. Just can he take care of that? In the Old Testament, God made time stand still, and the sun stopped. He can do that then. He can do that now. But do we trust him? And all throughout my journey, and I imagine Peter heard this too, but the Holy Spirit told me over and over again was, do you trust me? And so many times that was a gut punch because I realized I didn't. So I want to be that Peter that jumps out of the boat, can't wait to get to Jesus, can't wait to say yes, because Jesus, the way Scripture describes that story, Peter didn't stop and think about it. He didn't think about how long is it going to take me to swim. Oh, what about these fish? Imagine his buddies were a little bit upset because he abandoned them to carry all the fish back to shore. But he's like, yeah, I don't care. I got to get to Jesus. I got to say yes. I got to say yes. And the question for me and us becomes, are we willing to say yes to Jesus and do whatever it takes and whatever he asks? And what is keeping us from doing that? What boat, what constraint, what fear is keeping us from doing that? And we all know this phrase, fear that keeps us from doing it. And fear is what? Say it with me. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. And it lies to us and it deceives us. But as much as we blame fear for being a liar, fear doesn't get to lie to us if we don't let it. When we're afraid and fear lies to us, we chose that lie. And we chose to let it. And today we've got to stop choosing that and choosing otherwise. And there's nothing, nothing that can stop us from choosing that, except this little thing that gets in our way. And guys, I don't want this to just be something that fires us up, because there's a bigger, there's a bigger purpose behind why we need to get out of the boat. There's a bigger purpose as to why we need to, to, to run to that fear. There's a bigger purpose as to why we need to say yes to Jesus. And you know, all this you hear today, no matter how you apply it, no matter how you receive it, I'm going to say something, and I don't have a reason to like this. You know it's not about you, because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about a single person in here. Do you know the reason we need to get out of the boat, and we need to face our fear, and we need to walk on water with Jesus? It's not about us. It's not so we can prosper. It's not so we can conquer all those things. But you know it's because there's a world out there, a lost and dying world that needs us. When we're afraid, when we stay in the boat, they're not going to hear about Jesus. We're afraid and we stay in the boat and we stay in our confines. We are letting the people around us drown. Your neighbors, your friends. It may be a believer that you know that just needs to be encouraged and brought along. It may be that neighbor or a random stranger that doesn't know Jesus at all. And guess what? They're going to drown and they're lost. And there are times when God needs, Jesus needs you to get out of the boat because that person needs you out of the boat and needs you walking on. And we're not Jesus, but imagine being the person walking on water with Jesus to gets to, re- to gets to reach their hand down and pull somebody out that's drowning. Show them that there is something different. So hear me again. This is all of this is not about you. It's not about me. It's about the world around us that needs us, desperately needs us. 
It's great that we come here. It's great that we do this. We need this. But we got to walk out of here and do something, guys. When you're at the gas station and there's that person and the Holy Spirit says, go fill up their tank. What's our fear? I don't know. I don't have time. I don't have the money for that. Time to get out of the boat. Do we trust him with our finances? There's some guys in here I know that are taking on some new career things and God's directed them that way. It'd be easier to stay in their old career. No, God, this is comfortable. It's doing it. Get out of the boat. And we need to go do that. Because not only are we going to do that, and it's going to provide us income, but we're going to do that. And yeah, I'm looking at, at Rob right now, but it's going to put you in the path of so many people. Every single one of those people you get to be Jesus to. And that's why it matters, and that's why we do it. And if it's at the gas station, if it's at the grocery store, if it's a person that knocks on our door, it can be a random stranger anywhere. That's why we got to get out of our boat, because they need us. That's why we have to say yes to Jesus, because they need us. Can you imagine the time before you know Jesus and trusted him? We're lost. Imagine going through this pandemic. Imagine all that's happened in the last couple years and not knowing Jesus, how terrifying that would be. How much fear there would be. And we get to offer people hope. We get to offer them a solution to that fear. And there's not a single one. Look at Melissa. There's not a single one that's too young or too old to say yes to Jesus, to get out of that boat, and to be Jesus to somebody that needs us. And you could walk out of this place today and encounter somebody in the parking lot or when you go to lunch or tomorrow at work. There's not a single profession in this room where when God asks you to get out of that boat and say yes to him, that he won't use you to impact the life and the eternity of somebody. Robert, you're going to reach so many people, so many people, because of who you are and Jesus lives in you. And you have no idea, no idea, the path of people that you're going to be in. But you don't have to be a real estate agent. Melanie, your high school is going to be different because you're there and Jesus is in you. I promise you. I promise you. Julie, Julie encounters people when she takes orders and drops off food. People are going to be different because Jesus lives in you and you say yes to him. I promise you. But we have to get out of the boat. I think of Sam. I was just talking to Sam this morning. And Sam is a man I admire. He got out of that boat. Because Sam works in a profession where you're probably not supposed to talk about God. And it's probably forgiven because there's state funding and stuff behind that. And what did Sam tell me this morning? Nobody's told me I can't. So I work in the Bible and Jesus any opportunity I can. That's saying yes to Jesus. That's getting out of the boat and saying, I'm going to do. And my prayer for Sam is, someday if they tell you, no, you can't, you're going to say, I'm doing it anyway. If people need to know. Sarah, I know I'm calling people out I'm probably not supposed to. Sarah's at school. But those kids see Jesus in you. And they will be different. Larissa, imagine the lives of the people that you take care of. They will be different when we say yes. When you get out of that boat and you say yes and you just do. And I don't know everybody's story, but I know God will. Because I know this man named Peter. 
who did get out of the boat, but he was probably afraid, but did a series of really dumb, stupid things. At one point, you know, Jesus had to look at Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. Because what was coming out of Peter's mouth was not godly. And it was of the flesh. And he'd given into fear. And he was thinking the way the world thinks. And in one moment, Jesus said to Peter, get it. Because Jesus said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the son of God. Peter got it. And the next minute, what is Peter saying? Peter's saying something stupid. And Jesus saying, got to knock it off. Shut up because you don't get it. But look at what Peter did. Peter was the man at the end of this journey after Jesus died that could not wait to get out of that boat and could not wait to get to Jesus fast enough. His yes was yes. It wasn't a maybe, it was a yes. And it couldn't come fast enough. And for Peter, there was no, no turning back. And that's what the Holy Spirit and God desires for us today is there is no, no turning back. And I don't know if there's anybody in the room. I don't know everybody. And I don't know if there's anybody online. I'll ask everybody to bow their eyes, bow their heads and close their eyes for a moment. Because we're talking about this crazy journey of this crazy Peter thing. And for some of you, that boat you need to get out of today is that boat of unbelief because you don't know Jesus yet. And you haven't accepted him yet. And you're not walking with him yet. And I assure you today, not only can you know Jesus and you can be introduced to him, my friend, but you can walk with him today. You can walk with him on water today. You don't need to have walked with Jesus for months or years or decades for him to use you and do something in your life. You can meet him today. And if you don't meet, if you don't know him, you can meet this Jesus right now and you can get out of that boat of unbelief and say, that's what I want. I want Jesus. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. I don't want to be afraid anymore. If that's you, if you're in the room, you can put up your hand. If you're online, there's a button you can click. But I'd ask you to pray something like this. And the words, and you hear this from us all, the words don't matter. It's the attitude of the heart. The specific words don't matter. But Jesus, I want to get out of that boat. I want to know you. And I want to walk with you. I don't want to do this life and this thing the way I've been doing it anymore. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to be discouraged. I don't want to be miserable. I just want to know this Jesus. Take my life over. Because I want to walk with you. I want to walk on water with you. I want to walk on water with you. And if you prayed a prayer like that this morning, talk to a pastor after service, click the button online and let us know because I will tell you, when you look at Peter after he got it and after he got out of that boat and swam to shore, the things that he did and the joy that he had and the fire and the passion that this man had was incredible and amazing. And not only was his life transformed and he was excited and he was full of joy, but he did incredible things for God. And that is not reserved for just the men in the Bible because God would want and hope to use every single person in this room and every single person that hears this that same way. So say yes to Jesus today. Say yes to Jesus today.
If you need somebody to pray with, find somebody to pray with. If you need somebody to talk to, find somebody to talk to. There are pastors. Pastor Tanya's here. Pastor AJ and Sarah are here. Find somebody and pray with them. But don't walk out of here without saying yes to Jesus because I promise you, you will be different. And you will be filled with joy and hope. And God's going to do something amazing things through you. And the more he does for you, the more excited you will get. And it will bubble up out of you with the joy and an excitement and anticipation because you're going to be like that Peter again that can't wait to say yes. And God's going to do something through you. And it might be the simple thing at a gas station. And guess what? You're going to be so excited that you're going to say, God, what's next? I want to do that again. I want to go overseas on a mission trip. I want to go to Mexico. I want to go rescue that girl. I want to go volunteer here. <coughs> I just want to be used. And the more he uses you, the more you will get excited. And the more you'll anticipate, God, what's next? <coughs> because you won't be afraid of what's next. You'll look forward to what's next. And you'll start to pray, God, what's next? I can't wait. God, do something today. Use me today. Show me that person today. Let's worship. <coughs> there's no about what he's going to do in you. Get excited about what he's going to do through you. Get excited about that person that you may encounter today that needed you out of that boat because it's going to change their eternity. That's not an if. That's going to happen because he's going to use every single person in here. And I believe it today. I believe it tomorrow. And I believe it the next day. And you may think, how? I don't know. But you get out of that boat 
you say yes to him, it will happen and I promise you. You guys are deeply loved. And I want you to know, do you guys know that you guys have a daddy in heaven and every single one of you is his favorite. You are his absolute favorite. No joke. Love you guys. Have a great week. If you need prayer, stay and find somebody to pray. Have a great week, guys.